Alaska. You may be seated. You know, when it comes to fire, spiritually speaking, we have two choices. We can either receive the fire of God to purify us on this earth now, or it's hellfire later. I want God's fire. Amen? Mm. Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles up to Psalm 20. And verses 7 through 8, and uh, I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost is moving because uh, Pastor Joe getting up and speaking the, that scripture, that's one of the passages I'm going to be talking about today. I'm like, I'm back there in the sound booth, this boy's going to preach my sermon. Man, praise God, I love when the Holy Ghost confirms and moves, amen. Psalm 20, hallelujah, and verses 7 through 8 says this. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, today I want to talk about the importance of remembering God and His Word. Today I've entitled this message, Forget Not. Say, Forget Not. By the way, I want to welcome all the visitors here, and I want to welcome all the visitors watching around the world on the internet right now. Amen? Amen. But listen, the Bible has much to say about the topic of remembrance in connection to God and His Word. I mean a lot. You pull out a concordance, and you look up words that have to do with remembering and and all this stuff, you will find, uh, I mean, it's just an awesome study. But there is danger. Listen to me. There's danger in forgetting God and His Word. And today I want to show you why that is. Now, I know, I I can just hear it right now. I can hear it in the Spirit. There's some Christians in here. There's some watching uh, on the Internet, listening on the radio and Internet around the world, who are saying, Pastor James, I will never forget God or His Word. I can just hear it right now. But listen to me. I'll tell you right now. If the Bible says to forget not, there's then it's possible for you to forget. Are you hearing me, somebody? The Bible says forget not. We're going to get into many scriptures here that talk about this. But you know what? I'm going to side with the Bible. If the Bible says forget not, guess what? There's a chance that you and I as Christians can forget God and His Word. And we don't want to go down that road. Amen? All right. Now, turn with me to Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is extremely important in the life of a Christian. All right. Deuteronomy 8. I want to look at verses 11 through 20 here. And we're going to talk a little bit about this to start off with. Now listen closely to these words and these warnings that that God has given us in His Word. It says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His judgments, and His statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full, and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold, your money, are multiplied, And all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget, underline it, and you forget the Lord your God 
He's talking to the children of Israel, Israel here, by the way, who, uh, this is the, this is the people that seen the Red Sea part and many signs and wonders, by the way. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were, were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirst and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do, uh, to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget, underline it, forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Now, I know that's a mouthful. Let's break it down a little bit. In this passage, like I said, Moses is addressing the children of Israel. And he gives them a very strict warning not to forget the Lord their God. Now, listen to me. This is a principle for every Christian to take hold of. This is the very thing that stops or promotes backsliding in the life of a Christian. Either remembering or retaining God in your thoughts continually. Listen to me. Or forgetting Him. Or not giving Him and His Word priority in your thought life. Are you hearing me, somebody? I'm telling you, this is the very thing. Forgetting God or remembering God. This, thing, this is the very thing that will either promote backsliding and you fall away from Christ or you keep Him in your thought life and you stay close to Him. Now, I want you to notice again that this warning is given in the context of the children of Israel. So it, to make this relevant to us today, it's talking about Christians Forgetting God in the midst of the blessings, in the midst of obtaining worldly possessions. Come on now. And this may be why, listen to me, this may be why America's riches and blessing is going bye-bye right now. Listen to me. Because riches have become an idol in this country. A country that, is, that was founded on the word of the living God. We have gone astray. We have strayed from the foundation. And everything that this country has held on to is going bye-bye right now. Can you say amen? Even among Christians. Especially when many Christians vote for a president that embraces abortion, embraces homosexuality for the sake of the almighty dollar. Are you hearing me, somebody? 
We have forgotten about the Lord our God. We have forgotten His ways. We have forgotten His Word. Amazing the amount of Christians that voted for Obama. Now all we have left is to pray for this guy that he gets born again. Are you hearing me, somebody? We have a responsibility to pray for him. Pray for those who are in authority, the Bible says. This is a mess that this country's gotten into. Because God's people, I'm telling you right now, if everyone would have done the right thing, we wouldn't have this guy who's coming into office, I'm telling you right now. It was the Christians who put him over the hump. What a shame. Are you hearing me, somebody? Now listen, it's not wrong to have money. It's not wrong to have worldly possessions. Hello. But it is wrong for those things to have you. For them to have your heart. Are you hearing me, somebody? And this was so important that Moses told the children of Israel that they would have to willingly, come on, on purpose, keep God in their remembrance, in the midst of being blessed. People who've seen the Red Sea part, the Red Sea people, I mean, we're not just talking about a headache being healed here. The Red Sea, whoa. But yet their heart still departed for them because they failed to keep God in the center of their heart and thought life. This is good preaching today, somebody. Now, hey, listen. Here's a sobering fact. There is a point, listen to me, there is a point where a blessing can turn into a curse. And guess who determines what makes that shift? We do. We determine that by whether or not we choose to keep God in our remembrance, that we choose to fear Him, reverence Him, keep Him at the center of our life, we are the ones that determine if it's going to remain a blessing or is this thing a curse. We set our heart upon it. It's an idol. We bow down and worship it. We stray from the living and true God. Now look at Deuteronomy 8.14. This is interesting. It says, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. Do you want to know what that's describing? It says, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. You know what that's describing? Pride. And in John 3.30, I like this. This is is one of my favorite I mean, the whole Bible is my favorite, but I mean, this is just a phrase that sticks right in my mind. John the Baptist said this, he, Jesus, must increase, but I must decrease. Now, that's not bad coming from a Baptist, somebody. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I, I had to throw that in there. I like to have fun about that. But when we are humble... Or lowly in heart, that's when God is increased. That's That's when He can move through you effectively. Hello, somebody. That means God is on the throne in our heart and in our life. However, listen, pride in your heart will cause a Christian to forget about God. 
A Christian with pride will stop giving praise to God. A Christian who's puffed up in pride will stop, come on somebody, thanking God. They'll stop having a thankful heart. And it's interesting, in the New Testament it talks one of the signs of the times of the great falling away of Christians. The great falling away is unthankfulness. Did you know that? And if you notice yourself not being thankful to God or expressing that thankfulness and praise to Him, guess what? Pride has creeped in your heart. You've forgotten the Lord your God. And you've been walking in your own path. Pride will cause a Christian to fall into the deception of worldliness. Pride will cause a Christian to spiritually backslide. Now, Deuteronomy 8.17 is basically saying that forgetting God and giving place to pride in your heart will cause the Christian to say this. Now listen, you might not say this with your own mouth, but your heart speaks it. It says this, when pride's in your heart, it says, My power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. But listen, just remember this. The wealth and the possessions that you have right now can be stripped away from you in a New York second. Hello, somebody, if you fail to give God all the praise and all the glory. And if, it, if you have pride in your heart and you're, you still have those things, listen, it's just a matter of time. You know, that's the grace and mercy of God giving you space to repent and get back on the right track. But don't kid yourself. You keep going on that track, it's, it's not going to be long, and you're going to find yourself in the pit. Hello, somebody. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 18, 16, 18, that pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit, pride, before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. Say that with me. Pride goes before destruction. You may not see the judgment immediately, but just know that you've willingly put yourself on the road to destruction. And you're lifting and setting yourself up to fall. The bottom's going to give out sooner or later, somebody. Hello. Someone needs to hear this today. 1. Forgetting God and His Word or having pride in your heart as a Christian, will invite destruction into your life. It's an open door for Satan and evil spirits to just walk right in your life and mess with you. It is so important. I, 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 I talk about the thought life all the time. But it's so important to keep God and His Word in our thought life. Deuteronomy 8.18 8, tells us it is God who gives us power. Who gives us the capacity or the ability to get wealth. And listen to me. Biblical wealth is the kind where no sorrows added with it. That's biblical wealth, alright? No sorrow. How many of you would love wealth with no sorrow? Alright? You got wealth and, there's, and you got sorrow, man. You can't sleep at night. Guess what? Check yourself before you wreck yourself heard a rapper say that once in the olden days 
And the purpose of that wealth, by the way, listen to me. The purpose of that wealth in your life is intended to establish God's covenant and advance His kingdom on this earth. Are you hearing me, somebody? How many of you know it takes money to preach? It takes money to teach. It takes money to promote the gospel on this earth. Amen? If you don't believe that, we'll crack open some bills for you here at the church. All right? But, and so we need to humbly acknowledge God in, with the blessings that come into our life. According to Deuteronomy 8.19, forgetting God will cause us to commit idolatry. Alright? And to follow and worship other gods in our life. I'm talking to Christians this morning. Do you know it's possible for a Christian to fall into idolatry? Amen? Well, Pastor James, I, you know, I would never bow down to a statue. I, I would never do something silly like that. I would never burn incense around some clay cement statue. I would never do that. Maybe not. But you have allowed money to replace God in the seat of your heart. Hello, somebody. Have you allowed Hollywood to invade your house and your family? And have you made Hollywood a God in your, in your life? In Luke 17.32, listen to this. In Luke 17.32, Jesus said something extremely interesting. He simply said these words, Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Well, if you'll recall in the Old Testament, God called Lot and his family out of Sodom. That a very, very evil city. It probably made Las Vegas look like Disneyland. Hello, somebody. Although it's pretty close, probably. But judgment was coming to Sodom. And God said, when judgment comes, and you are leaving the area, do not look back at that evil city. Hello, somebody. And as Lot and his family were leaving Sodom, Lot's wife looked back. She disobeyed God, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Why? Because Lot's wife's affections, her heart was with that evil city, and she got wrapped up, come on, in the worldliness. And she didn't want to let it go. What is the thing in your life when you're an unbeliever, now you're a Christian, what is the thing in your life that you're turning around to look at when you should just let that sucker go and move forward with God? Are you hearing me, somebody? What is the thing that is kept, that is, that is hindered you? What is that thing? I guarantee you right now, right now I just see it. The Holy Ghost is bringing things to your mind right now. Oh boy, yeah, I'm still doing some things I did when I was an unbeliever that I shouldn't be doing now. Hello, somebody. What is that thing that's got you stopped from moving forward and looking back? She forgot God. She allowed God's, God's command 
to leave her thought life. Are you hearing me, somebody? And it affected her actions, and judgment came upon her. Now, I don't want, I don't want to see judgment come on any person. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's why I'm preaching this. And I'm saying it's time that we all need to examine our lives, examine our hearts. What is it? What is it, Lord, that, that we have on the throne of our heart? Where, in what areas of my life have I dethroned you, Lord? What is it? Now, forgetting God and his word will cause you and I to forfeit the benefits of the new covenant. Turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, the one that Pastor Joe preached on this morning. That was the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Psalm 103, and I want to look at verses 1 through 5. This is a very, very popular passage of Scripture. And if you didn't know that or you're not used to the Scripture, make sure you put it in your memory bank, all right? It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and underline it, forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, if we forget, I, again, again, the Bible says forget not all of his benefits. Guess what? It's possible to forget all of his benefits then. If the Bible's warning us that, there's a good reason. Amen? If we forget the benefits of the new covenant through Jesus Christ, I guarantee you, we won't keep pressing in to receive. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but there is a pressing in that must be done to take hold of the promises in the Word. Have you figured that out yet? It just doesn't come easy, does it? It doesn't come easy. It's a fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. Forgetting God's Word will cause you to fall into hopelessness and despair when you're in a trial. How many of you ever been there or are there? However, remembering God's benefits will cause you to hold on to the anchor of his word. And it will help you come out victoriously in this trial. Forget not all of his benefits. In other words, God's saying, hey, stick these in your memory. Keep these in your mind. Don't let them go. Read them every day. Keep them right in front of you. Are you hearing me? Now, i got to touch on this one because this one is so important. I could have camped out on Psalm 103 all day with each point of why we shouldn't forget it, but that's a whole other message. But listen, forgetting God and His Word as a Christian will cause you to misunderstand God's ways of dealing with His children. Let me say that again. And you're gonna, when you go to the Scripture, you'll see what I'm talking about. Forgetting God and His Word as a Christian will cause you to misunderstand God's ways of dealing with His children. Go to Hebrews 12. 
Hebrews 12. This is so important. How God deals with his children. Well, God's always just going to baby me, you know. He's just going to let me just run amok and do what I want. Oh, no. A good daddy doesn't let that happen. Are you hearing me, somebody? Hebrews 12, 3, 11. Listen to this. This is another long one, but this is so important. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. Talking about Jesus and the price he paid. And you have forgotten, underline it, there it is again. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. If you're a Christian in here, I want you to say this. Say, I'm a son. Say, I'm a son of the Most High God. Listen to what is this exhortation that we are not to forget. Here it is. My son, do not despise the chastening or the correction of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scourges every son whom He receives. It's talking about correcting Christians who are astray. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, God, notice it says if, if you endure chastening, because there's some who misunderstand the way God deals with his children, they don't endure chastening, and they backslide. And we got some people in hell today because they misunderstand God's ways, and they just went back to the world, back to the devil. Are you hearing me, somebody? If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten or correct? See, if he didn't love you, if he didn't love me, he would just let us go. Uh, just, you know, with no, no uh, Holy Ghost intervention at all. Verse 8, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Means you don't believe in, that, that you're not God's son then. You're, you're not a child of God. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit. Oh, isn't that good? That we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, here, it's saying this now. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. But painful. Nevertheless, afterward. If you keep God in your thoughts, if you stay close to Him, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Isn't that good? Trained by it. Now, if we don't keep in mind that God chastens or corrects us, because he loves us, I'll tell you right now, we will fall into condemnation. 
The Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Are you hearing me, somebody? And listen, we fall into condemnation, and that is where Satan and evil spirits bring people into bondage. Christians, I'm talking about. Are you hearing me? This is an emotional trap of Satan. This is an emotional trap of the devil. Misunderstanding how God deals with us as his children. We need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and make the needed changes that he shows us in our life. Now, for more information, those watching, listening to me, those who are here who never heard the message, for more information about this topic, listen to my sermon, From Glory to Glory, because I teach on that whole sermon is about the chastening process and, and how we're going from glory to glory. That's what God wants to take us to, from glory to glory. Are you hearing me? All right, now, so I talked about it a little bit, but let's go into a little bit deeper detail here on this as I get ready to close. So how do we as Christians safeguard ourselves from forgetting God's word? I want to get practical. I like getting practical. Go to Psalm 119. All right, Psalm 119, 9 through 11. You, you should be able to leave a church service here at RCC, wherever you attend. You should be able to leave a church service with something that you can put into practice. Are you hearing me? It needs to be practical. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Listen to this. How can a young man, and really this goes for everybody. Are you hearing me? How, every Christian. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now listen to me. If we as Christians are going to live a holy life that's pleasing to God, it is a must that we keep God's word at the center of our thought life by taking heed to his word. Verse 11 said, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now let me ask you something. Listen, why is it that hiding God's word in our heart would be a safeguard from sin? Why would it be a safeguard hiding God's word in our heart? What, what's, what's the big deal about that, God? What is the big deal about that? Right here. Because it is God's word that keeps uh, our conscience, the voice of our spirit man on the inside, tender toward the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought of that before? It's the word of God. The word of God is a tenderizer. It's a tenderizer. It's possible, the Bible says, to sear our conscience. You know what that means? Your, your conscience gets hardened. Things that you did before that you felt bad about when you, when you were saved, you just did it so much, now you can do it, and there's not even a prick on the inside of your heart. There's not even a conviction about that thing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The Word of God is a tenderizer. It'll keep your conscience 
pure. It'll keep your conscience tender, your spirit man, the voice of your spirit man. And you'll be able to recognize the promptings of the Holy Spirit clearer. The more we feed on the Word of God, the more faith, more our faith is strengthened. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And not only that, but the more we feed on the Word of God, the more fellowship, the more communion we have with the Holy Spirit as a Christian. Our spirit man becomes more sensitive to the things of God. More sensitive to His presence. Are you hearing me, somebody? Are you awake out there today? The Word of God attracts the Holy Spirit into our life. Oh, oh, well, Pastor James, the Holy Spirit's with us. He lives on the inside. I'm a Christian. He's already there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know that. But it's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. And uh, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, I, I, let's, let's bring this down to uh, marriage. Um, when you grieve your wife, she kind of gives you the silent treatment sometimes, doesn't she? <laughs> Oh, I'm hitting home to some people, I see. Well, the same thing with the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. You, you grieve the Holy Spirit. You're, you're silencing the Holy Ghost in your life. Are you hearing me, somebody? The Word of God attracts the Holy Spirit into our life. Yeah, I know that can go with husbands to wives. Okay, all right. But Listen. It is the Word of God that the Holy Spirit uses to minister to Christians, to minister to us. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will bring Scripture to our remembrance when we're in a trial. How many of you ever had that before? You're going through something, and all of a sudden, a a Scripture just pops into your mind. It's like, oh, man, that Scripture goes perfect with what I'm going through. Well, that's the Holy Ghost. Congratulations, you just met your helper. (laughs) All right. And so remember this, don't ever forget this. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God are a package deal in the life of a Christian. You can't ignore one and expect to have a good relationship with the other. Are you hearing me? They are a package deal. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit as a Christian is in direct proportion to your level of hunger and priority level that you give to this book right here. The Word of God. And so it's when a Christian fails to abide in the Word of God, they fail to abide in Christ, and that's when they backslide. And so only the Word of the living God, the Bible, can help us to maintain a spiritual mindset and a tender conscience toward God. That's why it's so important, and the Bible puts such an emphasis on meditating on the Word of God. Mull it over in your mind constantly. Pull out a scripture, think about it, speak it. Mutter that scripture. Are you hearing me, somebody? Keep it at the center of your thought life on a daily basis. When we fail to keep God's Word in our heart, that's when we get spiritually desensitized by the junk that the world and the devil throw at us. All right? Now, oh, i got to tell you this. 
When we fail to put God at the very center of our heart and thought life, our actions will always go in the direction of the flesh, the world, and sin. Because, listen to me, the flesh always wins by default. You get, you get spiritually lazy, guess what? The flesh wins by default. See, it's, it's pressing into God is what's going to make you spiritually strong. The spirit man just doesn't get strong on its own. You know what I'm talking about? All right. Now, two more scriptures. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Twenty-one through twenty-five says, "Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror." For he observes himself and goes away, underline it, and and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a, underline it, a forgetful hearer, there it is again, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now verse 21 says that, Receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your souls. Now, so what does meekness mean? I mean, this passage isn't going to mean anything to you if you don't know what meekness means, right? Meekness means to be teachable or to be under restraint. Come on, somebody. We are to force ourselves, discipline ourselves, to focus on God's word, which is able to set us free from every bondage and stronghold in our life. Say amen to that. Now, according to this passage, it is possible to hear the word of God and for it not to stick in your heart. They called us a forgetful hearer. Hello, somebody. For it not to stick in your remembrance. The Word of God says that if that's you, if you're a forgetful hearer, you're living a life of deception, the Bible says. So it's possible to hear the Word and not be a doer. Why? Why is that? How how does a person become a forgetful hearer? Why? Why does someone become one? Because it takes, like I said, an on-purpose, say on-purpose, effort. On our part to keep it fresh in our thought life. I can't hammer that point enough. I'm telling you right now. Can't hammer it enough. This passage is saying that if a Christian reads a passage of Scripture on how to live holy, or hears a a sermon on how to live holy, and goes away from that knowledge and lives contrary to what is expected or known as a Christian, it's like looking into a mirror and forgetting who you are once you leave that mirror. Now listen to me. This this is important. I don't know if you know it or not, but 
it's not normal for a Christian to live an unholy life on this earth. Did you know that? It's not normal. It's not normal for a Christian to live unholy on this earth. Why? Because it's against our new nature in Christ. Are you hearing me? It's against our new nature. You become a a new creature in Christ, spiritually speaking. And that's why when a Christian is in a backslidden state, they're miserable. Because it's totally against their new nature that they received in Christ. That's why when God refers to a person who gets saved, God refers to them not as a sinner anymore. Come on, somebody. Not as a sinner, but as a saint. Do you notice that in the Word of God? Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you were a sinner. Now you're saved by grace. And you're a saint. Are you hearing me, somebody? You know what? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Most of the time, the people who say that, they continue to live out that confession. Yeah, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, yeah. No. God says that once you're saved, once you're born again, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're not a sinner anymore, spiritually speaking. Your spiritual nature has been changed. I didn't say it wasn't possible for a Christian to sin. I didn't say that. Because you can revert back in the fleshly ways. Are you hearing me? The fleshly sinful desire. But that's why the Bible says crucify your flesh. Crucify that sinful desire. That thing you used to do before you were saved, cut it off. Because you're a new creature. Are you hearing me, somebody? Boy, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. <laughs> Woo! My, about ready to jump out of these shoes right now. Glory to God. So it would be profitable for all of us as Christians to feed on scriptures that describes who we are in Christ. Are you hearing me? Brother Hagin has a book that we have out there, a little mini book called In Him. Has, it talks about who we are in Christ. Pick one up if there's some out there and confess those scriptures. Read them, feed on them. Keep them in your thought life. And I guarantee you, that's the way you're going to go. That's the way you're going to live when you keep it up here in your thought life. Hallelujah. So that person who looks, that that Christian who looks in the mirror, knows what they need to do, and they walk away and they go sin, it says they forgot who they were. They forgot they're a blood-washed child of God. And, And what they're doing now is totally against their nature. Do you understand what I'm getting at? You understand this point? Is it clear as mud for you this morning? All right, keep it fresh. Glory to God. So when we meditate on the Word of God, we are keeping our spirit man stronger than our flesh or sinful desires that the Bible says wars in our members. You're either living your life in the spirit or you're living your life in the flesh as a Christian. And we must live an on-purpose Christian life. Think about the Word of God. Think of ways that you can apply Scripture to every area of your life. Are you hearing me? Listen, I want to even tell you this. Read Scripture. Daydream about Scripture. Daydream about Scripture. Imagine ways to apply the commandments of God in your life. Are you hearing me? 
daydream about being nice to your mother-in-law. Come on, somebody. Daydream about doing some good, good deed for your mother-in-law. Come on, I'm stretching you this morning, I know. Man, whoo, making you reach toward the sky this morning. Dream about, daydream about the awesome promises in the Word of God. Picture yourself enjoying those promises. Are you hearing me? And I guarantee you, when you start to do that, I guarantee you, the Holy Ghost is going to jump right in the middle of it and say, hey, I want to help you with those thoughts because those are good, godly Bible thoughts. Are you hearing me? Man, oh, so many people use their imagination for the wrong thing. Let's start using it for the right thing. Ah, hallelujah. Oh, can you just see it? Oh, man, the Holy Ghost jumping right in there and say, boy, these are some good thoughts. Guess what? Guess what, Bruce? I can help you with that thought. I can, oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, let me show you more how you can apply that to your life. Hey, let me give you a little picture of you, Bruce, running and jumping and seeing your grandkids. Are you hearing me? One last scripture. I know this was a long one, but it was very important today. One more scripture, John 14, 26. Just one more. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is awesome, isn't he? Glory to God. Hallelujah. So many people, the chastening thing, I felt this right now. So many people run away from God and, and say, well, God must have just forsaken me. No, 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 no. There, there's just maybe a chastening process going on here. And you need to come back to him. You need to not draw away from God. You need to draw closer to him. Why have you been running away from him when he's trying to correct you? Because you've been misunderstanding how God deals with his children. Amen? John 14, 26. It says this. Jesus said these words. Pretty reliable words, I would say. But the helper, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. And bring, underline it, to your remembrance. All things that I said to you. Hallelujah. I love this passage, passage, this verse. According to this passage of scripture. Part of the function, or come on somebody, job description. Of the Holy Ghost is to bring to your remembrance. The word of the living God. Why? Why is that? Why, why would the Holy Ghost do this? Because the Holy Ghost is your helper. The, your, the one called alongside to help you. And he knows. He knows the importance of keeping the word of God in your remembrance. He knows the importance of keeping the word of God fresh in your thought life. I mean, this is God's basic instructions before leaving earth for his people. The creator of all things gave us a, a manual on how to live life victoriously. And think of how many people, yay, Christians, are trying to live apart from the word of God. You know, it's like, it's like trying to work on something and... And, and the wife comes, you're having a hard time putting something together, and the wife comes up and says, hey, uh, here's the manual. And you take it, and you just throw it. And it don't make sense, does it? Oh, come on, somebody. 
In the trials of life, the Holy Spirit will not only bring the word of God to your remembrance, but he will, he will also help strengthen you by bringing uh, circumstances to your remembrance that he's helped you in the past. See, well, we're not supposed to look back. Well, listen, don't look back at the things that are going to hinder you from moving forward, but it's okay to look back at things where God has intervened in the past. Draw strength from that. And the Holy Ghost will do that too. He says, hey, if I didn't let you down then, I'm not going to let you down now. You just stay close to me. Stay close to me. He's the one called alongside to help. (laughs) And too many Christians are trying to run away from him. We need the Holy Ghost in this day and hour. Are you hearing me, somebody? The Holy Spirit is there to help you build trust and confidence in God's Word. God's Word and the Holy Spirit are a package deal. You want more of the Holy Ghost? You need more of the Word then. Smith Wigglesworth, great man of God who operated in miracle signs and wonders and did great things for God. It was, it was always said of him. Everywhere he was at, he, see, he had a little mini pocket Bible and he would, on his free time, he'd constantly just be feeding on the Word, feeding on the Word. Why did he walk in power? Why was the Holy Spirit so dynamic in his life and ministry? Because he was a man of the Word. And the Word and the Holy Ghost go together. Are you hearing me? On the other side of the coin, you need to know that it is Satan and evil spirits that are there to throw evil and discouraging thoughts in your mind. And I want to encourage every born-again Christian listening to me, watching me around the world right now, to feed on God's Word. Keep the Word of God in the midst of your heart. And when we truly do that, when we will truly do that, it will take us higher spiritually and we will overcome sin, the world, and the devil. So be diligent. To forget not the promises of God. Forget not the holy commandments of God. Forget not that it is God who blesses you and prospers you. And don't ever forget this. Without Him backing us. Without Him holding us up. We would be nothing. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy are you, Lord. Now I know that was a lengthy message but that was filled with the truth of God's word. Now maybe there's someone in this place someone watching on the internet around the world maybe you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Well the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait until tomorrow. Why? Why can't I just wait until tomorrow? Because tomorrow might never come. In the moment you take your last breath on this earth, game over, done. Your eternity is sealed forever. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come to this altar and I want to pray with you to make Jesus Lord of your life. Now, along with that, along with that, there might be someone in this place you said the sinner's prayer a long time ago someone watching me you said the sinner's prayer a long time ago but it didn't stick and frankly if you died right now you do not have confidence that you'd be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven that's too big of a price that's too big of a gamble 
If you want to rededicate your life today to the Lord, I want you to come down. And let's just have a clean slate and start brand new. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you want to receive the biblical, it's bi- listen, it's biblical. It's not Pentecostal, not charismatic, it's biblical. The Holy Ghost baptism. If you would like to learn more about the Holy Spirit baptism or receive Him, the fullness of the Spirit of God to be a witness, a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to come down. Maybe you need a healing, physical, maybe you need emotional healing. If you need prayer for anything else, come up. Otherwise, as the music plays, I want you just to fill this altar and just seek the Lord. If you have forgotten the Word, if you have forgotten the Lord your God, if you realize in your heart you have idols in your heart, I want you just to come up and seek the Lord on your own this morning. And just recommit to Him. Maybe you're saying, you know, I don't know if there's anything. If that's you, just come on up. And just worship the Lord and just recommit. Or you can do it right from your seat. Just worship the Lord as the music plays. Hallelujah. Alright, we got some prayer requests online here. Betty Miller wants prayer for Terry. Terry, who attends this church, he's been at home not feeling too well. And so we're going to pray for him. Stretch your hand toward that camera right now. Terry, in the name of Jesus, I command every spirit of infirmity to come out. Come out of your body right now. Whatever hold that sickness or disease has on your body, I loose you from it in the name and the authority of Jesus Christ right now. Lord, let your healing power flow through that screen right through Terry's body from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet and now we're going to pray for Penny Ritchie she uh, she has cancer and this is the one we prayed for last week that she only had the doctors only gave her some ridiculous amount of time to live a month or two I don't know but we rebuked that in Jesus name so Penny in the name of Jesus right now we all come into agreement and we loose the anointing of the Holy Ghost through your body and we say cancer cells you die and dissolve now in the name of Jesus and Lord I pray that you would create new and healthy cells God you created cells God you created Penny Lord give her an overhaul in the name of Jesus that which the enemy has trampled upon be healed in the name of Jesus right now hallelujah glory to God Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, also, Mayadia. Mayadia, uh, Chris and Laura's daughter, is not feeling well today. So we're going to pray for Mayadia. Mayadia, right now, we just loose the healing anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ through your body. We command that cold, that infection, virus, whatever's attacking your body, we command it to leave. And we say immune system be strengthened. Cough, stop sinuses be drained properly in the name of Jesus and be healed. Lord, touch her now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, interesting. There's a lady 
Leslie from the Bronx, New York, who's watching right now. And she just gave a little testimony of something that happened in, in her life and ministry. She prayed and fasted for 10 days. Uh, and a brother, Jason, was delivered from drug addiction. Wow, praise God. Hey, praise God, Leslie. Thank you, Leslie, for sharing that with us. Because that is powerful. When you combine prayer and fasting, oh, I'm telling you, it takes you to a higher level. And we just thank God for Jason. Lord, Lord, bless Jason. Bless Leslie. Lord, bless everyone watching right now. Set them free from every sickness, disease, and infirmity. And Lord, let your Holy Ghost fall on everyone right now. And change their lives for eternity. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Is there anyone who needs prayer this morning? Anyone in here who needs prayer? Oh, hallelujah. Turn the music up.
also have a convict out on the street who broke out of the Macosta County Jail. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would send the authorities to that individual, leave the authorities to that individual, that that individual be brought to justice in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, send laborers into that person's path to speak your word to him, that he would be born again, pricked by the Holy Ghost, saved on fire for Jesus. And he would not be a terror to God's kingdom, but a terror to Satan's kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. We have, first of all, uh, those of you watching online in the Michigan area, uh, this Friday I'm scheduled to be in Imlay City, Michigan, about 30 miles east of Flint at the Days Inn for a healing and miracle service. Come on out, 7, yeah, 7 p.m. at the Days Inn in Emily City. Go to jamesbrandt.org for more information, and you will see us next week. God bless you. All right, also for you guys, volunteers uh, for Children's Church, 